The next three kinyanim, two of which we will learn today, all seem to go together. The first one, misrachek min hakavod, you should distance yourself from honor. The next one, which we'll also study today, lo megis libo betalmudo, you're not arrogant about your learning. And then the third one, which we'll emir Hashem study next week, eno samech behora, you're not too happy or too proud of being able to paskin. Uh, all seem to have a common denominator uh, regarding humility. So aside from the obvious question that the three of them seem to be very similar to each other, uh, one could also wonder, didn't we have way uh, in, the, in the past, one of the earliest of the Kinyanim is Anava. So all of these seem to be peripheral parts of Anava, of humility versus uh, arrogance. But we already had something that's more direct and to the point. One of the first Kinyanim is Anava. So the Medrash Shmuel here asks that question, and this is uh, perhaps the basis for him very famously dividing up the list of Kinyanim. And says the Medrash Shmuel that the first half of the Kinyanim are the things that are necessary to acquire Torah. However, he points out that the second half of the list are other attributes and traits which are necessary to be machzik the Kinyan, to sustain and hold on to the Kinyan of Torah, assuming you've already even accomplished it. And what would be true about many of the uh, subsequent and parts of the list, and specifically when it comes to the issue of humility versus arrogance, is that once you have Torah, that often brings with it new and different nisyonos and challenges than the initial challenge of acquiring Torah in the first place. So, to put in context here, says the matter Shmuel, without humility you cannot acquire Torah, but without ongoing humility you won't be able to retain and hold on to the Torah. So that's kind of just an introduction or he'ara uh, to everything we'll say today and Emir Tzashem, the beginning of the next year. Getting specifically to the Kinyan at hand, Misrachek Menachavod. So this seems to be predicated on a broader point, which is that we have obviously many sources which encourage us to distance ourselves from honor. Perhaps most well known is the Mishnah in Avos in Perak Dalid, Mishnah Chafalif, that lists, uh, among other things, Kina and Taiva, but also Kavod, uh, honor as one of the things which are Motzi and Ha'adam and Ha'olam. So you can ruin your whole life, perhaps in the next world as well, but certainly in this world, one of the things in which a person can become self-destructive um, is the pursuit or the overindulgence in honor, in Kavod. Um, a more contemporary or recent uh, application of this, uh, Rav Chaim Velazhiner is quoted in the Keser Rosh uh, as saying, therefore, one has to be very careful when it comes to positions of power. A person has to be very careful, and first inclination really should be to stay far away from any position of authority uh, over the community, because the kavod that is entailed could very possibly be incredibly destructive. That there's nothing that is destructive to a person in this world, as is kavod. It doesn't matter how much kavod you have, but that redifa, that desire for even more kavod, can afflict even malachim, even people who seem to have it all, 
But once you are bitten by the bug of Ridsakavod, says Rechaim Volajner, it's insatiable, and that perhaps is the most destructive thing. Uh, so perhaps uh, working off of this mission in Avos that we started with in Perak Dalid, but not only is it one of the things that's Motzian, says Rechaim Volajner, it may be even the worst. Now those sources speak more generally, but specifically, there are other sources that specifically refer to or encourage us to avoid Kavod in relation to Torah. So, for example, the Gemara in Erevin and Daphne and Hei Amar Aleph says, as a drusha, what is the Pasuk, Lo Shamayim He? So one of the interpretations of It's Not in Heaven, Lo Shamayim He, Lo Timsa Tor B'Misha Magbiya Daito Le Kishamayim. That if a person uh, is arrogant and thinks that they are Ki'ilu, all that, that they are like the Shamayim, someone who's Magbiya Daito, uh, up to the heavens, so then Torah will, will never be found in such a person. Similarly, the Gemara in Kedusha Daf Memtes Amad Beis says that Gasus Ruach, arrogance, is a simon for Anius in Torah, poverty in Torah. And perhaps the best example in Chazal of this in a very direct causal way uh, is an incredible medrash in Precious Rabbah in Parshas Pe'alef uh, that tells the story of someone named Ben Sisi who was greatly knowledgeable and recommended for a prestigious rabbinic and says the medrash, right when he was appointed to be the Rav, he got lots of kavod. They gave him a very uh, covetous place to sit, and he was you know, literally and perhaps figuratively, obviously, as well, of the community. And says the Medrash, virtually immediately, he forgot his Torah, and they asked him questions that he really knew the answer to. And yet, somehow he got stumped on these questions and forgot everything he knew. Uh, and he went back uh, you know, to his Rebbe to ask you know, what happened, and and eventually, says the Medrash, the, the interpretation and explanation of what happened is obvious in light of the Pasuk in Mishlei, Perik Lamed. Im Nevalta, If you were Nevalta, if you were put to shame, it's Behisnaseh. It's because you exalted yourself. It's because through the Torah uh, you got kavod, and as a result you lost the Torah. So it's not just in general the importance of... Rodef Min HaKavod, avoiding Kavod, but specifically when it comes to being able to maintain one's Torah learning, this seems to be particularly important. The Gra is quoted in Shiltos, which is a safer of a collection of some of the Gra's teaching, uh, Nun Zayin, and there they quote the Gra as saying that you shouldn't just uh, you know, stay to yourself, he recommended learning with people, teaching people, even says the Gra there, Afil Lahatil Atzmawalatzibor, there are times where it is appropriate and recommended and beneficial to have a position of leadership, but, says the Grah, in such situations you have to be super careful to avoid any kavod, and he says many Tamil Chachamim have not been successful, the Grah testifies, because they pursued that position for the kavod. Uh, as he's quoted there, Lato in the opinion of the Vilna Gon, Mitam Zetz, because they pursued Kavod, Even if they had other, they may have had many talents and abilities, and may even have had some sincere motivations, but because Redifas HaKavod was part of their motivation, if not the dominant or exclusive, in the end they were not successful. And perhaps the most famous, or one of the most famous and cute, but really profound insights in this vein um, from the basement of the Vilna Gon, and also on Perkyavos, but is a well-known comment of Rav Chaim Velazhner in his parish Ruach Chaim, back in the first parak of Avos, where the Mishnah there famously tells us, Ehovah's Hamalacha, 
usna es harabanus. Uh, love the word and hate being the rabbi, hate Rabbanus. So Rav Chaim Velazhner, uh, explained that these aren't referring to two separate things. A person who goes out to work and becomes an accountant or a lawyer versus someone who becomes a rabbi. Rather, they're both half. Both are referring to, both halves of the statement are referring to the Rav. And rather, says Rav Chaim Velazhner, what it means is, Ehovah's HaMalacha, love the Malacha of the Rabbanus. The actual work, the learning, the paskening, but snas HaRabbanus, but hate the authority the kavod, which comes with it. This, all of these sources in general uh, about avoiding kavod, and specifically when it comes to Torah, uh, come to mind or come to bear when it comes to our particular uh, b'risa here as this being one of the kinyan Torah, misrachik mina kavod. So the Tiferes Yisrael here in our b'risa says that even though a person has all of the previous attributes, all of the other kinyanim, and therefore he is worthy not only of Torah, but of honor, a person who has all the previous kinyanim certainly would be a very special person, a person of honor. But says it's Pharisee Yisrael, our kinyan, our topic today is coming to tell us, nevertheless, even though you deserve it, not only should you not pursue it, but even if people try to honor you, you should try to avoid it and run away from him. Uh, in that vein, uh, the Chassid Yaivitz here, like many others, has actually a double girsa. Not only that you should be Misrachek Min HaKavod, but then he adds in his girsa, Ve'eno Rodev Achar Kavod. Don't run after it. And the Yaivitz explains that this double language actually redundant, but are talking about two subtly, but importantly, different things. He says some people pursue the things which usually generate honor, like being a Rav, having a position of leadership, they pursue that line of work because they know it will bring them honor. Then when they, people actually honor them for those things, then they run away from that honor so that by doing so, they can show their humility. And says the Ibits, these people actually have serious arrogance in their heart and they're trying to minimize it. But the idea is to be misrachek, to run away from kavod completely. Not only the outer trappings of kavod, but even the inner uh, or hidden uh, parts of kavod. And in this sense, both the Tiferes Yisrael and the Yavitz are pointing out that both external manifestations of pride, but also even just the inner sense of pride, are both uh, problematic. Uh, and both uh, the Yavitz and the Tiferes Yisrael see those as in uh, our particular attribute, as we'll see uh, in a little bit. Other Mepharshim see the second inner part of kavod um, as relating to the next attribute. But certainly there are two manifestations, and perhaps they're both hinted at in our particular trait. There is the external manifestation, the way people honor you, but then there's also the inner personal, emotional sense of uh, feeling arrogant or prideful. On a practical level, uh, the Medrash Shmuel says that our Bryce is coming to tell us that if you know people will show honor to you, for example, you know that when you enter a room, they will stand up. So it says the Medrash Shmuel, our Bryce is teaching us that you should look for a different way to walk in so that you can avoid or at least minimize that display of honor towards you. And by distancing yourself from that kavod, by trying to avoid it, you'll actually be zochet to even more Torah. The Rambam in Hilchus Talmud Torah in Perik Vav, Halacha Gimel, it is also brought by the Shulchan Aruch in Yeridea and Hilchos Talmud Torah, Perak, Simon, excuse me, Reish Memdalid, uh, both Ramam and the Shulchan Aruch, Paskining, based on the Gemara and Kiddushin, uh, made this a very point in a halachic sense. Ein royal lechacham shi'atriyach ha'sa'am, yechavin atzmo lehen kadeshi amdu mipanav. 
it's not appropriate for a Chacham to enter a room in a way that he knows uh, people will uh, stand up for him or give him kavod. But rather, a person, as I said, as Mool mentions, should Davka think, how can I enter the room in a way that minimizes or even avoids and ignores uh, that type of outer manifestations and displays uh, of kavod. That's on the more external way or practically. Uh, other Mepharshim, Rebbe Shmuel himself, uh, in a different interpretation, and others uh, point out that it's not just on a practical level avoiding external displays of kavod, but this goes to the heart of your motivation for learning. Rebbe Shmuel quotes the Sifrei uh, in Devarim that the mitzvah of Havas Hashem, loving Hashem, precludes and even prohibits learning for the purpose of becoming famous or rich or even for heavenly reward. Rather, we're supposed to learn because of Avas Hashem, because of the love of Hashem. And if Yaakov Emden here in the Lechem Shemayim, he decries this phenomenon of people who are not only learning for the sake of getting the position, but then they don't want to leave anything to chance, and in fact they grab the position um, of the rabbinate forcefully, or by bribe, and he says, He says, this is something that happened not only in the time of the second base Amigdash, uh, by Ashani, but even nowadays, he says, by certain people who are you know, terribly sinful and prideful, he says, They bribe their way, they buy it, just like they're buying a position, a parnasa, a profession, and they bribe themselves, they buy their way into the Rabbanos. Oy lahem! Woe is to them and their souls, says Rav Yaakov Emden. As much as this seems to be obvious and as a given that this is inappropriate and wrong, um, it is worth uh, contemplating for a moment why exactly, what exactly is the problem, specifically in the context of Torah? Why would a person who is arrogant or prideful, uh, let alone learns, uh, and it tries to achieve a Kenyan of Torah for the sake of public attribution. Why, not only is that wrong in a Musr sense, but why practically, why might that be a problem in achieving a Kenyan of Torah or maintaining your Kenyan in Torah? So I saw a very uh, beautiful insight, very characteristically uh, insightful psychologically insight uh, from the Sefer Shure Das, which is uh, the great Telzer. Uh, Sefer of Musr and Machshava by Rav Yosef Yehuda Lei Bloch in Volume 3. And he explains why or how this attitude of pride interferes with the Torah. And he makes his remarks based on the Pasuk in Mishle in Perak Yudalef, Ves Tznuim Chachma. That Chachma is somehow going to you know, gravitate towards people who are more modest, Tsanua. Why is that? That only people who are Tsanua can acquire Chachma. So in a very real and honest and I think straightforward way, Rav Bloch explains that people who are prideful are everyone to some extent, he says, it's just human nature, we're aware of uh, how people will view us and how people will uh, judge our actions. But people who are prideful, people who are you know, running after the kavod and people who are not misrachic from the kavod, so they're too focused on thinking about how their actions will be viewed by other people, the people around them. And he says, this will practically speaking cause two problems. Number one is if you spend too much of your mental energy, the mental bandwidth, uh, focusing on other people and how they think and view you, then you're going to be somewhat distracted from the very act of learning. Or davening, he adds. Um, it's a simple lack of concentration. 
um, and therefore you won't be as studious. So mitziuti, practically speaking, you actually won't achieve what you might have otherwise, because too much of your energy or your mental bandwidth is focused on other people. And then, not only is it uh, that, on a psychological level, but on a very practical level, he says, you may often uh, be trying so hard to impress people that that could lead to mistakes in your shikol hadas or in your judgment. So I think without you know having to... Um, you know, go to some very high or exalted uh, explanations um, in a very, very practical, real, psychologically attuned way. Our Bloch is uh, demonstrating why uh, this pursuit of pride and honor is simply incompatible with the true Kinyan HaTorah. Uh, another interpretation, which uh, some of Farshim suggest, um, is in a certain sense different than everything we've seen. Obviously, it's basically about pride which is just inherent in the words of the Brisa, but some of Farshim uh, specifically explain our particular Kenyan, the one we're discussing now, as having a specific manifestation. Uh, the Machzor Vitri here in Perkyavos uh, also has the double girsa of not only Mesrachek Menachavod, but Eino Rodef Acharachavod. And he says that this uh, double expression, the second expression, is also a way of showing that a person is willing to learn from anyone. We call Malamdai Hiskalti, that there's a certain pride that prevents people from learning uh, from a source that they think is lower than them or beneath them. And what our mission is telling us is not only in general that a person uh, should have um, humility, but specifically the humility to learn from anyone. Um, the Medrash Shmuel also brings this, and he says, you know, you shouldn't have the attitude that you know it all. And on the contrary, you should realize that you can learn from anyone and everyone, even people who are younger than you, which is its own form of a Yetzirah. Some people can't learn from anyone who's younger than them. Um, this really goes back, as was mentioned, to the mission in Avos and Perak Dalit. If you really want to be a Chacham, so one of the ways to do that is to be willing to learn uh, from everyone. And the uh, Medrash in the Sifrei in Devarim, the Pesach of Asher Anochi, Mitzavcha Eschem Hayom, I am teaching you, I am commanding you today. So the Medrash very beautifully uh, develops the idea that no matter who is the vehicle for communicating the Torah to you, you should realize or you should never forget that it's always Ani, Anochi, excuse me, Mitzavcha Eschem Hayom. It's always from Hashem. And basically what the Medrash seems to be telling us is, I think, very helpful, very practical and prudent advice, which is that you should focus on the source of the wisdom. The source of the wisdom, if it's true, is the Torah, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is Hashem Himself. And therefore, that's all you should care about. You shouldn't be focusing on who is the vehicle or the mechanism to communicate that Torah with you. Oh, this person doesn't know as much as me, this person is younger than me, this person is less experienced than me. Don't focus on that, but rather, focus on where it's coming from. It's coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Therefore, if it's true and it will help you, then that's the focus, doesn't matter where, it is coming from. Uh, last but not least, some of the Mepharshim here uh, on our Brisa point out that, paradoxically, if you follow the advice and the uh, charge of the Brisa and don't run after Kavod, as a result, paradoxically, the Kavod will pursue you. The Maral here in Der Chaim quotes the Tanchum and Vayikra, that the more you run after the Kavod, the more it runs away from you. But the opposite is also true, that if you're running away from the Kavod, then you will achieve Torah, the Kenyan Torah. And since the Maral says Torah is the source of genuine kavod, by running away from it, you'll acquire Torah, and the Torah that you acquire will actually bring you genuine uh, honor. And this is an idea which is not only in the Tanchuma, but also the Ingbar and Ervin and Dafyud Gimel, 
Again, this idea of the, the opposite impact. By running away from Kavod, it will actually pursue you. Rav Yaakov Emdin and the Lechem Shemayim, working with that double girsa of not only Eino, um, not only Misrachek, but also Eino Rodef Achar Kavod, again, says it's not a redundancy, but rather it means don't even run after the Kavod you deserve, because you can trust that if you deserve it, it will find you. Okay, so all of these are um, different interpretations or elaborations on the first uh, Kenyan we're discussing today, and that is uh, Misrachik Menachavod, and again, according to many of the Mepharshim, the double language, not only Misrachik Menachavod, but Eino Rodef Achar Kavod. Uh, our second uh, topic, which will be uh, much shorter, our second um, topic for today's shir, is the next Kenyan, Velo Megis Libo Betamudo. You don't uh, have an arrogant heart, uh, because of your learning. So what is this adding? So as we mentioned at the outset of the first part of the shear, um, some of Farshim understand that whereas the first thing we discussed, Misrachik um, Menachavod, is referring to external manifestations of Kavod, that is to say that all the trappings of having, being a Tamachacham and people honoring you, etc., etc., you should try to avoid those. The Medrash Shmuel says that this Next, Kenyan, Velomegas Liba Botamudo, is not talking about how other people view you and external things that you get because of Torah, but rather the inner sense of pride. It's not just uh, avoid running after public kavod, but even in your heart, you should not have feelings of pride. And why, after all, didn't I learn? The answer is because no matter how much you learned that day, says the Matter Shmuel, you could have learned more. And this itself, if you have this attitude, this will actually help you have a greater Kenyan Torah because it will be a constant source of motivation that no matter how much you did, never be satisfied. There's always more you can do and that will help you achieve true greatness. It's a psychological motivation. That's, it's, it's an ethical mandate to be humble, but it turns into a Kenyan. It helps you acquire Torah because of the way it psychologically forces you to become motivated. Rav Yaakov Emden in the Lechem Shemayim uh, also says something similar, but I think in a subtle way different. He says, if you realize how much there is to learn, and v'chol ma'ashalomar arata, e'inu el katipa menayam, how much you've learned in your lifetime, it's just a drop in the bucket, or she says a drop in the vast sea of learning, how much do you really know? So what is there to be arrogant about? So I think whereas Rav Yaakov, or the Medrash Shmuel was focusing on a more a psychological approach, um, and therefore that motivates you. Uh, the Lechem Shabayim gets you to the same place, but not so much from a purely psychological perspective. But he seems to be more objective, focusing on just the sheer vastness of Torah. It's not just a, a game you play or a trick you play with your mind to keep yourself motivated. It's that no matter how much you've learned, you really have barely scratched the surface, and therefore that will keep on motivating you uh, to continue learning. The Tiferes Yisrael... Um, has a slightly different interpretation. And here he explains that the pshat is not that you're arrogant about your learning. Um, you know, the, the, the Bryce is telling me, don't be arrogant about your learning. Tzfaisrael says, I don't think that's the right pshat because that would be a, a negative thing to avoid. But he says, these things that are being listed here in, here in Avos, in Perak Vav, in this uh, 49 Kinyani Torah, uh, they are not just things to avoid, but these are positive things, positive ways of making a Kinyan uh, in Torah. So what is the positive thing here? Rather, he says that Enogas, Enomegis Libo Betamudo, the Lushan of Gas. What is Gas? What does that mean? So we previously just 
kind of translated it in a kind of lazy way as being arrogant. But he says here, Gas specifically uh, is borrowed from the same way we use that term with regard to Hilchos Yichud. Uh, Libo Gasbo is a term in Hilchos Yichud referring to someone who you're very familiar with. Uh, there are different halachos uh, so in some instances. Uh, in Hilchos Yichud, uh, there are certain leniencies if there's more of a psychological distance. It's not someone you really know. Uh, but sometimes we're even more machmir when the two people are very familiar to each other, libo gaspo. So using that interpretation, says it's Tzfaris Yisrael, gas means familiar. And the message here is, you shouldn't feel overly familiar, overly comfortable with Torah, such that you would speak so freely and almost even without thinking um, about it. Rather, you should be much more restrained uh, and circumspect don't be, feel that, you know, and that will av- help you avoid mistakes and help you keep on uh, learning. He kind of uses a mushal. He says you should be more like an engaged couple, uh, not like a long married couple, right? Uh, once a couple is married, let alone if they've been married for a long time, so that's very much gospel, as it's supposed to be. They're much more familiar with each other, um, and they can kind of jump to conclusions sometimes. Sometimes they make mistakes even then, but they certainly know that the spouse very, very well. When a couple is engaged, even if they know each other to some extent, but it's still not libo gospo completely. There's still a certain hesitancy uh, and humility, uh, being careful, so to speak, each step. And says that Tiferes Israel, that's what's being referred to here. In a very, in not, in, not in what to avoid, but rather what you should embrace is that sense of, I don't know it too well yet. I'm not too comfortable. I'm not too intimate with the Torah, and therefore uh, I'll be more circumspect. So obviously this is connected to the broader point of arrogance for sure, uh, but his specific interpretation, not only of the word, but his application, uh, is slightly different than what we've seen uh, until now. Um, there are, uh, which, you know, in general, and we can, we can mention them here in context, uh, even though they're broader, uh, there are general klali, uh, makoro, which we have not yet previously mentioned in any of the shurim, um, about the negativity of pride, of arrogance, uh, and specifically why it's so negative uh, in the context of Torah. So one Gemara, which uh, we should mention, uh, is very, very important, is the Gemara in Sota, that talks about someone who is arrogant, is Kilu, he's Ovid of Odezara, uh, an idolater, Kilu Baal Arayos, uh, sexual immorality, and uh, to the point that someone who has that uh, problem says, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Ain Ani Vuhu Yecholun Lador Ba'olam. You know, the town's not big enough for the two of us. This world's not big enough for the two of us. Uh, so it's obviously a, quite an important statement by Chazal about uh, how negative the attribute of Gaiva is. Uh, one of the important Musr books from the Rishonim um, is the Sefer Orchos Tzadikim. And in his section, Sha'ar HaGaiva, uh, he points out from the Pasuk in Mishle, in Perak Tetzayin, To'avas Hashem, Kol Gava Lev. That arrogant people are metuav, they're despised by Hashem. And he's medayek, that why is arrogance and pride sometimes referred to as Gova Lev? Uh, because it's the diuk is in the word Lev. That even if there's no outward manifestations of it, you don't act in a very haughty way, you're not expecting or demanding all sorts of kavod, but it's just inwardly, in your inner sense of self, you're very arrogant, even if there's no outward manifestation. Gava lev, that's already a problem. Focus on lev. Um, and therefore, those are two sources from Chazal and from Rishonim, respectively, which speak generally about the problem of gaiva. Specifically, when it comes to Torah, uh, there are also important sources that we should be familiar with. Like Maram Sochem, Daf Samach Vav, uh, talks about how Hillel came from Bovel to Eretz Yisrael, uh, 
And because he had been Meshamesh, Shemai Vav Talion, he was appointed Nasi. And then the Gemara says, basically, that he displayed even a minor amount of arrogance, and he forgot his learning, something which we saw earlier uh, in the Shir, uh, in the uh, Medrash about Ben Sisi. So here, the Gemara is talking about Hillel himself, the great Hillel. And the Gemara says, this is an example of, A person who is arrogant, he loses his Chachma. And Ramatisho Solomon points out that this is an especially amazing, amazing statement, given that we have other sources in Chazal that say that Hillel was famous for his humility. So even someone who's famously for his, for his humility, but even a small display of arrogance, and a person could lose uh, his Torah specifically. So you see here a very specific example of how Gaiva is incompatible with Torah. Uh, perhaps this goes back to a very famous metaphor that Chazal used in places including Tainus of Zion, that the Torah is compared to Mayim, just like water searches for its lowest uh, area, so to Torah is always searching for the lowest common area, i.e. people who are humble. In a kind of Mita Kinegin Mita way, uh, the Sefer Tomer Devorah, the famous Sefer of Moshe Cordovero in Perg Zayin, he says, listen, if you're arrogant about your Torah knowledge, Hashem will withhold that Torah knowledge from you, Mida Kenegin Mida to bring you uh, back down. So uh, the most dangerous thing you can do after you've achieved some success in learning is to be arrogant about that because that is not only a problem generally, but specifically it will end up being counterproductive because you'll lose that which has been the source of your pride. And the Chazon Ish has a letter uh, in volume one of his uh, Igros in which he's talking about other things which are important for learning, but then he adds, Ha'ikr, the main thing is, L'hisragel b'zachiras ha'emuna sh'akol b'day sh'emayim gam ha'tzlachas alimud. At the end of the day, he says, Chazanish, there's nothing to be arrogant about. It doesn't matter how smart you are, no matter how much hard work you put in, uh, Torah is a matana from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We do our hishtadlus so that we're worthy of the matana. But the main thing is we can never forget that it all comes from Shemayim, even our success in learning. And if we remember that, we'll, we'll stay humble. If we forget that, chas v'shalom, we can become arrogant, and then Hashem will withhold the Torah uh, from us. Last but not least, uh, there are some of Arshim who understand that the reason that this uh, midah that we're seeing now is totally different uh, than the one we saw earlier, and it's not redundant, is because our Mida, they suggest, is perhaps referring specifically to a Dayan in a Din Torah, in a court case. Uh, they point out that this may be understood, our Brisa now, in light of the Mishnah in Perkyavos earlier, in Perkdalad, Mishnah Zayin, where the Mishnah refers to a Dayan and contrasts someone who avoids judgment with someone who, on the contrary, is Gas Libo Bahura. He's always rushing to do Din, uh, quickly giving a ruling, never uh, in- introducing compromise or pshara, and there that person is referred to as a shota, a fool, a rasha, a gasrua, it's a terrible, terrible thing. And here the, Chaf- the Chassid Yaivitz explains there that it's because of your shamayim and the fear of making a mistake. It's specifically talking about a judge. A judge has to, has to, has to have humility and humble, to be humble enough to realize that you know people's lives or at least their finances and other things are hanging in the balance. And there should be a certain, you're a shamayim, that you're scared of making a mistake, which will allow a person to be much more circumspect and take things much slower before they rush to judgment. Similarly there, in Paragdala, the Magen Avos and Rabbeinu Yonah uh, point out that someone who is rushing to din, that's out of a sense of overconfidence. And that's foolish because he'll never learn. As opposed to someone who um, may sin because of temptation of taiva, 
But at least then that person realizes he's wrong. But a person who's rushing into din who thinks they know it all already and have overconfidence, so then not only will they make mistakes, but they're less likely to ever correct the mistakes because they don't think there's anything to correct to begin with. Last but not least, the Maharal here in the Der Chaim seems to have the uh, girsa of not... Um, that Gas Limudo, but rather or Betalmudo, but rather he specifically has the gears of Behorao, specifically talking about Psak, as we saw from the Mishnah earlier in Parak Dalid. And the uh, Maral uh, makes the point that again, poskening too fast, rushing to poskin without uh, taking your time and deliberating carefully, uh, shows a lack of tsnius. And he says, being a tzanua, a modest, unassuming person, is the type of person who will generally keep his chachma to himself, not in a hurry to display his knowledge to everyone. And that is a midah that is necessary to be a worthy klikibul of Torah, as opposed to someone who is gaslibo, who's rushing into judgment, that type of dayan uh, is not worthy. Um, and even though that's very similar to what we just mentioned already from the Ravos and the Yaivis and the Ben Yonah, uh, but it's worth... Uh, mentioning this uh, maral as well, uh, because this fits into the pattern which we've seen many, many times in our limu together from the maral, that he uh, often explains certain midos, uh, not the way many others have in very practical ways and how certain midos are learning, but rather this idea the maral repeats over and over that a person has to be make themselves roi, deserving uh, of Torah, uh, that Hashem will give Torah only to people who deserve it, and certain midos are necessary to be deserving of Torah. And we've seen that numerous times, and the Maral, yet again, uh, consistent with that theory, uh, applies that as well here. That it's not so much the activity, but that the activity indicates a certain kind of midah, which makes a person either worthy, or if they don't have it, unworthy of deserving of the Torah.